Welcome back to our podcast, A Ship of Dreams, a Titanic podcast. I'm Michaela and with me is Manuel. Hey guys. This is the eighth episode. It is called You See People, as the scene in the movie. And we see people. We see people. <laughs> it is the 12th of April, 1912. It's a beautiful weather on deck. The scene originally began with a cutscene where Old Rose is saying, the next day, Saturday, I remember thinking how the sunlight felt as if I hadn't felt the sun in years. Obviously, as you can remember last episode, we discovered Rosa's deepest and darkest thoughts. She literally was on the edge and Jack pulled her back. And I think this is a reference to the first time ever someone noticed her problems, noticed her as the being she is. Yeah, he just saw the obvious, most likely. <laughs> yeah, but the other people didn't care, but he did. Yeah. Okay, so we are on deck. We see Jack and Rose talking to each other. They're walking the decks and Jack is explaining his childhood. We get to know that he has been on his own since he was 15, when his parents died. Later on, I don't remember, I think it was in a cut scene where he is telling that they died in a fire and he was the only one that survived. Rose takes this as the opportunity to thank Jack for his discretion and for obviously saving her life. He He's really a charming character. He says really kind things to her, but I don't think that he's doing this to soothe her, but because he really is like that. He's really the kind of person who is kind and warm and trying to be a positive, optimistic character. Yeah, he kind of has to. It has to be the role, I guess. And then she's opening up to him and she's telling that she feels trapped, that she has to marry a guy. And she shows him the ring, the engagement ring. And Jack is like, oh my God, look at that thing. You would have gone straight to the bottom. <laughs> he's like, he's still, you know, funny. I mean, you can't say that to someone who was to try to kill himself, but he just did. So he asks her if she loves Cal and she doesn't want to answer that question. She says, this is not a topic to discuss with a person you don't know. But actually, I just think that she cannot answer this because the answer might not be the thing that the people wanted to hear from her. Well, no answer is an answer to, I guess, in yeah, that true. scenario. So it's most likely a no, I would say. Yeah. Which is but very she, understandable. Yeah, and she was always brought up like, as a girl or as a woman, you never tell what you want to say. You just don't. Yeah, you tell what they want to hear. Right. And I think it's cute how they interact then. They have this kind of bickering with each other. It's like, um, Jack, I wanted to say thank you. And I did. And he's like, and you insulted me. Yes, but you, you owned it. <laughs> I like how they're bickering. So she wants to go away. And then she's like, um, oh, no, wait, this is my part of the ship. You have to go. And then he's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Who's now the mean person? So she grabs the map that he's carrying, looks at the drawings. Which is a completely rational thing to do. Yeah, that was, I think she never wanted to go. So this was kind of her action to still stay with him a bit longer, to have a reason to stay with him. Yeah, it has to be because why would you take that? Then the real question is why did he bring it with him? Yeah, because he always carries it with him so that he can draw all the time. Do we see this in every scene? I don't think so. Uh, later on, not but in the beginning yes i mean this is actually his life he does not have any other belongings that's all he has and well i think the drawings are quite good yeah of course they are <laughs> yeah, we saw some artist. of them earlier 
Yeah. Yeah, we saw the first one. We saw like the the, the child and yeah, the, right. the father. With Cora. We saw that they are very good. There we also get to learn that he was in Paris. And this is the scene where she's saying... We see that he has a favor for naked women. He does. But I think this was just a new thing that no no one else did. So that was a niche that he could cover. You think that? Yeah. I think it wasn't very um, normal for women to undress themselves for drawings. When he explains and he tells her the stories of all these women that he has drawn, there is this music... It's called the promenade. It's this like this tingling again. It's a little melancholy. You see that she's really fascinated that he's doing this and it's new. And I think she also has some artistic vein in herself that she would love to express. Jack is telling her about Madame Bijou and he's saying that Madame Bijou was this old lady sitting in this bar every evening, wearing all the jewelry she had waiting for her long lost love. This is a setup because as you can remember, old Rose is also wearing all her jewelry she has, or at least it looks like that. And she also waits for her long lost love. Yeah, but they both will not be you answered. Know, they won't be united anymore, but yeah. Yeah. I think this is just some kind of um, holding on to things long gone. Rose is saying, you have a gift, Jack, you do, you see people. And he's saying to her, I see you. And now she is fishing for compliments. She's like, oh, yeah, what do you see? And he's just not into it. He just, he's like, no, I don't give you compliments about how good you look. He's just like, you wouldn't have jumped. Yeah, but I don't know if that I see you. I don't know if that wasn't meant for her to be the her looks because obviously she never meant with you see people she never meant the looks because the look everyone can see the look i think she meant mm. the character from the beginning on okay okay i always thought it's like oh she's fishing for compliments no i would not say that because why would you say you see people because everyone sees people i see you too <laughs> and what do you see <laughs> i gotcha I, I don't want to answer that. <laughs> hey <laughs> okay and there's this great cut to the reception room. Uh, the reception room was on the deck and it was at the entrance to the dining saloon. We hear in the background the band playing and they play the poet and the peasant from Franz von Suppé. We have this table with the women chattering. There is roof. They have tea time. She chatters with Noel, Lucy, Martha, Daya, Edwards. Oh wow. The that How many names did you want? Yes. <laughs> All of them. She's the Countess of Roth. And the Countess of Roth is a very fascinating character because she supported uh, lots of charities. She supported the Red Cross. She was a suffrage the women's rights activist and she also helped then as a nurse in world war one so she is really a character yeah she doesn't seem like it in that scene yeah true i mean they really don't you know you don't get a good look of her yeah, you don't you get just, a look at all yeah you see her like twice do you know <clears throat> you do we even get her name in, in the movie or is this just a, an information that we get uh, no we get her name later on in the dining saloon where rose is introducing jack to everyone oh i see molly wants to join them and ruth is like oh no what a shame the countess and i are just off to the air on the boat deck and molly's like yeah that sounds great let's go so i think because we also hear in the scene that ruth is saying oh no the vulgar brown woman is coming this way just let's get up and get out yeah she said that in really that <laughs> yeah and i think molly knows and she's aware of that she's not very like yeah but others. she wants to make them feel uncomfortable yeah she's like she knows it but she doesn't care 
Yeah. She's like, she has the money, so she's part of the club. Yeah. So get along with it. I like it. When the women get out of the reception room, we have this scene between Bruce Ismay and the captain. E.J. Smith. And this is a very important scene for later on. Ismay gets the information that not all the boilers are fired yet and he encourages the captain to go faster because he said this voyage needs to make headlines. And this is important because then later on when everything already happened Captain Smith turns to Ismay and says you will get your headlines now. That's quite important. And this is actually a scene we know that this happened, right? This conversation happened because first class passenger Mrs. Elizabeth Lines overheard it when she was in the reception room drinking tea. I see. So he really was the captain, like being more careful and yeah. this way encouraging him to, to go on full force. Well, it has nothing to do with the tragedy that happened, I guess. Well, maybe a little bit, because if they wouldn't have gone faster, at that time, they wouldn't have been there where they hit the iceberg. Well, of course, but I guess if it should happen, it would happen anyway. And then we have the cut back to Jack and Rose. Um, you see that the sun's setting, so that means that they spent the whole day together. And she wasn't missed by any anyone yeah everyone's like i don't care where is rose i don't care where's my fiance oh i'm glad she's not here i can do many things uh -huh. then they talk about what they will or what they could do in santa monica and this is a setup because later on as you can remember in the pictures we see that she did all these things that she was talking about with jack horse riding with both legs one leg on each side yeah he teaches her to spit which is very weird i think yes it is but it again shows his character he's like i mean he never he was never in a position where he would really care what people would think about him and she does yeah but it's kind of clear she doesn't want it at yeah. first but she does so this means he encouraged her to do things that she would normally not do yeah still is very weird i think to people standing on the ship and spitting down I... and well then roof comes up with the women jack swallows his bit back down it's so disgusting yeah and well rose introduces him as you can see Ruth is not happy about it. Yeah, I guess you cannot blame her for that because there's still spit in his face. Yes, and she is, she is engaged. So this should mean something for a girl of her state. Yeah, of course. She might be even afraid that he will do something to her daughter. Yeah, and it's never it was never good that anyone would hear in the society that she was around with another guy while she was engaged to someone. Yeah, of course. That's never good. Then they get the signal that dinner starts soon. So Rose is like, yeah, okay, see you at dinner, Jack. Molly's staying behind and she's like, uh, Boyo, uh, what do you want plan where? And he's like, uh, I don't care. I don't have anything else. That's just how he is. But now we know that Molly is taking care of the boy. Yeah, because she is from this class herself, I guess. She was not rich before, so I guess she kind of knows and maybe she wants to warn him what she's about to enter. Yeah, she, she also does. She says, you're going in a snake pit. So yeah, she's a very caring character. But on the other hand, what should happen to him? I don't know, being shamed? Yeah, but I guess he... Wouldn't care. Yeah, and he yeah. knows how that feels because yeah. he was part of that all his life. True. Well, that was it. That was the scene you see people. Yeah, it has a weird flair, I would say. Why? I don't know. The whole spitting part. So you don't like the scene? No, I don't like it at all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like the talking of Rose and then Jack, but the rest, uh, I think it's kind of out of, doesn't, it doesn't really fit. Yeah, but you need to make sure that we get the connection they have during this very short time period. Yeah, for me, it looks fake. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to tell the viewers what 
they probably talked about and stuff. Yeah, and it's also we see the talk mm -hmm. and then we see the sunset that they talk about the whole day. Yeah, I think so. I think they really just uh, walked around and talked all day about their yeah. lives and it probably they opened up a little bit more. There is a cut scene where Rose is saying to him that, oh my God, I would love to live your life, something like that. And he's like, oh my God. You wouldn't survive a day. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And I think that would have been good for the end of the movie. And I also think it's weird that, like Ruth, no one told her, oh, look, your daughter is on there with another man. Yeah. Because that is what those people would do. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And also Cal. Or, no, or probably that. they would just, you know, talk behind the back. And also that you don't see Cal is doing the whole day. Why yeah. would you go on a voyage with your fiancé and just let her be yeah, alone he's, the whole he's day? He's just not, not in the movie for like a half an hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. We don't see him at all. Yeah, that's, that's a bit weird. I think those people would have told Ruth because this would have caused more drama. Mm -hmm. And those people love drama. Yeah, I guess it's not fitting for the movie. We don't need it. Mm -hmm. that, I think that would have been realistic. Yeah. I don't think they could have spent the whole day on a first class deck and no one noticing them. Did they go like, you know, to lunch together or? I guess they didn't date anything. Okay, I guess that just... is implied yeah, okay. that they just talked and it was so amazing that they talked that they didn't. And even... what if one of them had to go to the toilet? <laughs> they went together. Oh yeah, right. Because no one would have noticed Jack going inside the ship first class to the toilet. No. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much. It was funny with you today. See you next time, guys, and have a great time. And I hope you will join us the next time too. Bye. Bye.